When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. My name is Corey O'Flanagan, and I am your gracious host. As always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Guys, Listeners, friends, thank you so much. We are growing slowly but surely, and it's all because of you. So please think about telling a friend, telling a family member, spreading the word, and let's keep discovering new music. I'm having so much fun doing this, and I hope that you are enjoying it too. Speaking of fun, let's bring on today's guest. Guys, Formed in 2008, Set It Off has never been your traditional emo band. Their new single, Skeleton, proves just that via happy poppy tones mixed with smart and kind of dark lyrics and even a little rap mixed in. Today on the show, I have such a fun chat with Cody Carson as we talk about the new track and go back into his catalog to talk about some of his more popular tracks as well as his favorites. With a U.S. tour planned that starts on January 13th in Los Angeles, be on the lookout for Cody and set it off to come and play near you. Meanwhile, please enjoy the fun, the razor-sharp, and the highly energetic Cody Carson of Set It Off. So we're, I'm here with Cody Carson of Set It Off, and just Cody, thanks so much, man. This is going to be really fun. I've 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 newly discovered your music, which is why I do this show, and I'm a huge that. fan, man. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. It's very kind. Absolutely. So yeah, right off the bat, you guys got this new track, Skeleton. You can look at the title of it and you can start to piece it together. I've been doing some reading of some different things you guys have said about it, but there's just a lot of signaling within this song and the video about vulnerability and opening it up. So I wanted to ask where the song came from and why that's important to you. Absolutely. Um, 
I think vulnerability has always been important to me just because I think in this industry, you're met with a lot of like facades of people um, who they want you to think that they are. Um, and it's daunting to me because you always feel like you're guessing with somebody. And I, I don't want that to be a part of my characteristics. So I've always, it's always been really important to me to wear my emotions on my sleeve. It's also not always been my choice to wear my emotions on my sleeve. Yeah. I, um, I, I just kind of like to tell it like it is and how I'm feeling about certain things specifically and especially in songs. Cause that's where I can, it's like my, the songs are my punching bag. It's where I can get everything out that I can't usually talk about. And um, I appreciate when you can find different levels of openness, you can find within yourself with certain people. And this actually, this song started being about my fiance and, and that sort of connection you have with somebody where you can be every, like you can be all of your flaws. You can be all of your, your, your highs, all of your lows, and you can be that bear with somebody and you can like relinquish all fear of being judged. And I think there's something really beautiful and special about that. Now, what's kind of funny is this song kind of worked in reverse. And what okay. I mean by that is, so I, I got into the studio with our producer for this track, Bruce Wigner, and um, he is, he's, in, he's incredible, first of all. And he was showing me this chord progression on the piano. And we we're like, oh, this is really cool. I was immediately drawn to it. Yeah. And um, we zoomed in a friend of ours who was out of town, who I love working with, Cam Walker. And um, we just named that little chord progression skeleton because it was the skeleton of the, of the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's a cool title. And I was like, that's hilarious. We started laughing so hard. We're like, no, this isn't the name of the song. This is just a, a skeleton of what we think it could be. And then we're like, well, wait, what if that was a title? So what I usually do is I'll look up on Spotify. Uh, if we think of a cool title, I'll look it up. And I'm like, is it already a huge song? Because I don't want to try to battle another song with the same title. Turns out, no. Which was surprising. Amazing. So I was like, okay, so what could that what could that be about? And then I we sat there for a second, and that's where like you know what skeletons are are bare. They have nothing to them. That's what's that? What is like that in an, in the form of an analogy? That's being so vulnerable that you have nothing left to peel back. And so yeah. that's kind of where that started, topic wise. And I've never done that before. Like I mean, I guess I've started with the title before, but I've never taken just a word and like, all right, let's turn this into something. And it was still something that I could deeply connect to and, and hopefully other people could as well. Well, especially since it was a placeholder for the bare bones of the melody or the, the chord structure of the song, rather than I have this idea of naming the song skeleton, but I yeah. don't know what the lyrically it's going to be about at this point. And it's, that's really just kind of a backdoor entry into writing a song about something that you may not have gotten in, in tune with within yourself Otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's cool. It almost felt like an improv exercise. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's a topic. All right. Now, what does it mean? Like, like find, find the, the guts of the story. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I usually write songs the way you just described it, where I have like a whole notepad in my phone of just, that's called song topics. And I just, uh, I, I kind of like check them off if I ever write them. So I don't try to write it again, <laughs> but uh, it usually starts with a title. And then under the title, I'll do like a synopsis and like maybe cool ideas lyrically or one-liners that can go into it. But I've never done it like this before. Yeah. And it ended up being, I liked the song so much. I was like, this has got to be, we got to lead with this. I loved it. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with it at all. Okay. So I was, I, your publicist was nice enough to send me um, the video when it came out. So I was, I've watched that a few times. You yeah. guys did an awesome job on that. And I'm, we're going to touch on that, but yeah. I like to go down and like get, I don't know if you do this, but I like to get into the comments a little bit, especially when I know I'm going to have someone on the show. Okay. Cause I want to hear what some of these people are saying about this. 
So we've got a uh, a fan on here who's got an interpretation of the song. And oh, I, I love this. I'm I, I and this is so fucking good. I'm so excited that you're willing to do this. So okay, yeah. Under the pendulum is their YouTube uh, name, and it just says this. I'm already theorizing, but I think elsewhere represents Hollywood or L.A. They go there trying to find success and fun, but instead are shunned for not resembling the other acts until someone decides to take them and completely change their appearance and identity to make them more appealing to their crowd. I'm definitely feeling an artist versus business motif for this album. They're a skeleton because they're allowing others to project their ideas onto them as if they're nothing more than a base. Wow. I mean, that was fucking in depth. (laughs) So I got I got to tell you right off the bat, I love this stuff so much. We love this stuff so much that it actually was kind of the inspiration for what the music video is. And then what I mean by that is in the last album, Midnight, it was not by any means a concept album. We just, you know, we were writing what we were feeling and we put out music videos and people still did this. They theorized and created stories and background stories and Max and I were thinking, we're like, you know, there's this event annually that we would go to all the time when we lived in Florida called Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando. And they were so good at marketing and getting you excited and, and with their cryptic lore that was in the background that we would be like internet sleuths and go onto their <laughs> website. And we would, and I remember in August, every August, their website would drop and you would have to look for clues as to who the icon would be that year. And we're like, man, I wish that we could make them feel like that again. And that's kind of where this started. So I can't, here's what I can't do. I can't go in right now and tell you what the the entire story is. But what we have done is we put up a website called welcome to elsewhere.com, welcome number two elsewhere.com. And it's like a nineties retro website with like an eight bit version of skeleton. And it's kind it's our like Max and I's like rendition of how we wanted them to feel how we felt back then. And we, that's how we started teasing the new song is we let them go on there and there was like cryptic information to kind of pull stories from because we're like, all right, if they want to theorize, let's give them something to theorize about. Let's like, like give that. them a baseline. And so we was like, so this is mostly Max because he has such an eye for this visually. Uh, Max, if I, I got to remember that not everyone knows who we are, yeah. my drummer, Max Danziger, he's a very creative guy and uh, visually aesthetically, he just gets it. And so he created this this story and these characters and what they mean and, and how what the storyline is. And now we've now that we have the pieces there, we're kind of dropping hints and Easter eggs. So it's like a again, kind of working in reverse. The songs were done first, and then we kind of turned them into a story instead of having a story and writing songs to the story. So that way you're not forced to like or you're not forced to know the story or go seek out concepts and theories. You can enjoy the album on its own. Or you can dive deep and figure out what this all means if you really want to. Wow. I don't think I've heard of somebody doing that. It's almost like a scavenger hunt challenge for people yeah. who really want to get deep into it. Exactly. It's a scavenger hunt album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the video. Amazingly colorful. Um, I absolutely just love the I don't know. It feels like there's like a contrast between the lyrics, the mood, and then just like the visual that you get from it. And I, where, where, is this a Max concept or is this a band or was it the director who kind of came so up with this? It's kind of a marriage of everything. So like the song is about the conflict of emotions with being vulnerable and also trying to just be comfortable going all the way out. Max found this, uh, cre- this our creative director, Dannon, who goes by Death Cats on Instagram, who has this incredible style of bright imagery 
mixed with macabre imagery. And just like, it's like bright and happy. And if you didn't know the contents of the image, you'd be like, this is a happy photo. And then you see what it, what, what's, what's in it. You're like, whoa, like it kind of throws you off guard. And that's kind of, that's kind of inspired by the fact that over the years, we've had so many different sounds because we've been constantly trying to find ourselves. And I just think that's kind of the, the overarching theme of being an artist is trying to figure out who you truly are, where you truly stand. But it's always been genuine the whole way. But because but it, of that, can I just real yeah. quick, you yeah, can, yeah. as a as a band, like if you're thinking of a career musician, yeah, you're going to have different moments that are defining. So the who set it off was defined as in 2010 is no longer probably exactly. viable in 2021. So I just wanted to touch on that of like, yeah, you're constantly on this search, but it's almost like the same thing that you're doing with your fans with the song of just like, here's some nuggets, here's some nuggets as mm-hmm. we're like finding this out together. Exactly. And then, and our fans have been able to grow with us because that just like you know, you're not going to be the same band five years later. You're not going to be the same person five years later. You're going to yeah. be a, like you're, you grow and you grow and you grow and and you look back like I look back at older songs and I know they love those songs. But I'm like, man, I could I wish I knew what I knew now so I could have applied that knowledge to that. Like, it's so interesting just how things shift as they go. Um, but it was oh, my God. Oh, yes. Yeah, so what was I talking about? I have the worst ADD. <laughs> That's all right. That's why me too. That's why I butt in all the time. <laughs> oh, no, dude, I totally get it. Trust me. That's like, none, like I get that entirely. I think we were talking about um, the video concept, the video concept. Uh, yeah. So we've had like, oh, I, I remember now I know where we are. So we've had so many different styles that were because we were constantly trying to find ourselves. We've heard before that people be like, well, we don't quite know where to place you. Like we've heard you poppy. We've heard you dark. We've heard you. Uh, use all these different elements and we it used to scare us and bum us out and now we're like no that's what makes us special like like the fact that we can be kind of variety and adhd and all over the place is kind of what makes set it off set it off and so this is us leaning into that that we are bright we are dark we are all of these things happening at the same time and that's fine yeah absolutely and i i think that you kind of gave me the opportunity here. You opened the door to where I was going to go because I wanted to take it back a little bit into your guys' career. So I'm glad that you kind of touched on that a little bit because you have, I don't know if you're aware of these stats, but it's pretty incredible. And it's always is mind boggling to me when I come across someone in in a band or an act or anybody that I'm just like, wow, these guys have such a huge loyal following. They've been doing it for so long. And I just (laughs) have never been on my radar. And I, that's, literally the reason that this podcast exists. So let's just jump, let's just pump out a couple of these little facts. Spotify streams over half a billion. Um, (laughs) That's gotta be a wild number to you to hear. I didn't know that. (laughs) Um, Including over 150 million just for the track Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Oh my God. I'm wondering from you, your standpoint, your vision, what do you think it is about that song that has and con- that has and continues to resonate with people? I think, man, it's so hard to put my finger on what it is about the song itself. But I, if I had to guess, 
that song is, I mean, that's it's right there in the title, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. And it's yeah. kind of what I already touched on now that I think about it, is that there's a lot of people that put up facades. And it's not, when you're writing a song, it's usually a, a selfish endeavor. <laughs> you're writing about something you're going through, something that has personally affected me. And I was writing about two people who have done this sort of thing where they came across as this super nice person and I'm only have your interest at heart. And then they totally screwed me over in like the harshest way possible. And I'm like, man, I came into the industry so naive. Like everyone's going to be nice. We're all rooting for each other. And there, don't get me wrong. There are people out there that are incredible and they deserve all that credit. But I was just like, whoa, there's some like bad people out here. So yeah. I was venting into that song. And I think around, you know, once you start hitting your late teens, you start getting really introduced to those types of personalities when you see it in high school or middle school it doesn't really hit you like that it's just yeah. oh there's like there's there's good guys and there's bullies and then you go to real world you're like no those are just good people and bad people <laughs> and they're everywhere yep. and i think that that song really lets people vent about their personal experiences with that but what made the song blow up is there's this it was weird man we were with equal vision records at the time and I think we got a text message from our A&R, Francesca, who I love uh, still to this day. And she was like, what's going on with Wolf? And I was like, what do you mean? So my first reaction was, I'm going to go check YouTube. Yeah. So I YouTubed the song. Because first of all, this song was not a single. We didn't have a music video. This didn't get intense promotion. It was just a song on the album, which is insane. Absolutely. So it, it got this organic gravitation from this subculture on YouTube that would take songs and create their own videos with cartoon clips from their favorite animes or, or or different shows of that nature. And I was going on there and finding these videos and they had multiple millions of views. Oh, and wow. so the subculture just latched onto it and just kind of propelled it up. And it started getting used in tons of videos like that. And then it, it starts to live now more on TikTok and, and everywhere. And it just seems to get bigger and bigger. And it's just the coolest thing to me. It also makes me go, fuck. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss. Go ahead. <laughs> but I was like, we should have made it a single. Because that, that's the hardest part, too, is when you release an album. You never know if the songs you choose are going to be the ones that really are going to blow up. But it's just so cool. And it's such a, like, a little like mini victory for me and all the people involved that, that wrote that song to see that even though maybe the label at the time wasn't like, this isn't the one, that it really was. That it really blew up like that. And so Take yeah. me behind the curtain a little bit into that idea of you guys have written an album or it was maybe it was an EP. I don't know for sure where, which uh, where it came down. Yeah, but you've got this like you've got this group of songs and you've got to pick, you know, a single off of it or two or three or whatever it might be. Yeah. But you don't pick the one that ends up being the biggest one. What does that necessarily mean? Does that affect you in a financial way like what does that Not, mean to someone that doesn't know much about how that behind the scenes music industry stuff works i mean not it doesn't really affect us in a financial way it's more of a competitive mindset of damn it i wish i got it right <laughs> like what i mean by that is so like we're in the process of that right now we've okay. already decided our first two singles with no analytics or data so we're like okay so going into i think a great way to to express this is going into midnight so when we were starting our previous album, Midnight, we knew we wanted to start with Killer in the Mirror because the album uh, before that one was called Upside Down. It was very bright, very poppy. Yep. And some of our fan base weren't okay with that because they're used to me being angry. And then you get as an artist conflicted because you're like, well, screw you because I was happy. I wanted to write about happy stuff. So that's yeah. what I was feeling. So that's what I did. 
But then you're like, but I also need to think about them and I, I need to write for them. And then so there I had midnight was me discovering and, uh, and beginning this balance of because when you start, you're, you're usually just in your room and it's only about you. You're just trying to do it because you love to do it. And then it starts to become something that you share with everybody else. Now your songs are everybody's and and you want to make everybody happy and being a people pleaser. It becomes even more difficult because I'm also over analytical. So it becomes you get in your own head about the decision making process of this sort of thing. Because you want to pick a song that you think is the best song. But will they agree with you? Are they going to also think that? Is this their type of song? And now we understand what they look for in a set it off song. But also, I know what I look for in a song that what I, what I like to perform and what I deem is a good song. So that was, I, I, that was like that sort of marriage of like a killer in the mirror. Was that marriage of aggressive anger rock. And then we started to move over to Lonely Dance, which was more my feeling and i remember some of the bandmates were like i don't know man this seems a little outside of the box we're getting flashbacks from upside down but i was like no trust me you know this is it's minor key it may sound kind of poppy but it's if they i realized if you take a minor feel and you but you you sit, can sing about like or if you take like a poppier feel or catchy melodies but you sing about things that are really bothering you it's still going to connect with them in that way and them being like our, our personal fan base so right now when we decide singles we're thinking between two things because we want to further our career. We want to um, level up and also, obviously we'd like to get alternative radio. We would like to, to you know, we which thankfully would, we just announced our new tour and we're, we're upgrading venues. We're not playing house of blues venues. Like we're still moving yeah. up, which is all we could ever ask for. So we want to give them what they want, but if we constantly give them only what they want, we'll just stay at the same level. So it's this unknown formula that there's no answer to and just figuring that out. So we knew Track one, Skeleton, is going to be what they like. But I also feel that that is an alt-radio song. So it's kind of weighing everything at the same time without having any sort of sure answer. You're trusting your gut. You're trusting your gut and you're talking to your team. Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well, let me tell you anyway. The Lyra Microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport and use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician recording vocals or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? That is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings. It just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So, if you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further.
Yeah, especially touching on like what we were BSing about before, which is the idea of growth over time. So if you're like, yeah, well, in 2018, my fans weren't really happy with that. Maybe now they are. Maybe now, like after 18 months of being locked down, they're like, I need something happy to put into my ears. Yeah, exactly. It's like you have to constantly be evolving and trying to read the current situation because the same thing that they loved in 2012 may not be true today, which is a fascinating dynamic to sit there and brainstorm on. and. You know, worst case scenario is you don't pick the right song and that fucker blows up and has 150 million listens, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it's all not, it's not all, it's not all stressful in the end. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. So venturing off of just like the set it off stuff. Oh, and real quick, I just want to touch on this for everyone. You mentioned your tour. Tour starts January 13th in LA. Mm -hmm. Looks like you guys are going out for about four or five weeks. You're going to be popping through Denver. I hope to check that out because that's my home base. Yeah, I know. I'd absolutely love to. And um, it would be a, uh, it'd be, it'd be so much fun. So I'm hoping to make that happen. Um, I was reading a little bit and it sounds like you've been a pretty big proponent for helping to keep musical education within schools. Yeah. And um, to the point where one of your first albums or or records that you guys put out, like every sale, you guys donated a dollar of it towards towards this thing. Yeah, that's, it's really important to me because uh, I was actually talking about music education recently. And yeah. um, I think this from at least my personal experience, my high school musical, uh, my high school band experience, what shaped me as a person. Like I, I, I hear about all of these programs that get funding cut and they just don't care about their band program because they don't look at it as like a way to shape a, an individual. And it it's, makes me sad, honestly. Like that is where I went to Tarpon Springs High School uh in in Tarpon Springs, Florida. And I am so fortunate to have gone there. I remember just quick little sidetrack story. I lived five minutes away from the high school where all my friends were going to. And that's the one I wanted to go to. But I've been cl- playing clarinet since I was in second grade. And my mom and my dad were like, you should really look into Tarpon Springs High School. I was like, I don't want to go there for the band program. I'm gonna go be around all my peers. And they're like, my dad's like, no, we're gonna go to they're doing a silent auction event. We're gonna go to it. Just hear me out. So I went and I sat down. I heard them playing. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> and I, I it changed my mind. And I decided I'll, I agree. I'll go. And I we drove 30 minutes every day. I took the bus that picked me up at 520 in the morning. First stop and got dropped off last just to go to this band program that wow. that like the band director, Kevin Ford. You know, he taught me work ethic. He taught me, uh, you know, I, I need to just work on being OK with t- uh, holding yourself accountable and working on yourself and understanding that no one's going to work harder than you. He would tell you stories about like these different musicians that would uh, give away their secrets and be like, I don't care if I tell you all my secrets because I'm going to be in the practice room more than you. I'm going to be working more hours than you mm. and hearing stories like that. And you're like, as when you're a teenager, you're like, Whoa, okay, this is what I got to do. And it was just a really incredible experience for me uh, while growing up. And I want everyone to be able to have that in their life because it's the camaraderie that you form, not just the leadership and, there's so many life skills that are there and those jobs are so important. Um, so yeah, it is very important to me. Yeah. The yeah. band set it off. I'm talking with Cody Carson and I just want to say thank you one more time. Um, what's the song you have written that you're most proud of lyrically and why? Oh man, that's tough. Um, part, oh, man, it might be skeleton. I know that sounds so cliche to say the newest song that came out. 
It's all right. Recency bias is something that we all deal with. (laughs) (laughs) Let me say that one. And then I have another answer for you. I well, there's just because there's one lyric in in Skeleton that's so simple that I'm really proud of. And it's just uh, the the lyric, love me like I'm dead. Because I feel like the there's so much that happens where like we see these celebrities die that maybe people appreciate it, but all of a sudden now people really care. Yeah. And it's like, well, why do we have to wait till someone's gone to really appreciate them or show them we appreciate them or, or care about them? And it's kind of this really daunting thing to hang over your head. This um, this lends to an idea, and I'm, we're going. Our ADD is probably going to just sidetrack us here. Oh, but let's that's keep fine. On. We'll be on this for three but hours. Let's go. I, I had this <laughs> I had this like conversation with my wife recently about that kind of idea where I'm like, when you're with inner relationship, especially like I think with a spouse or significant other of any, Uh of any kind where there's love involved, a lot of times, like over time, the honeymoon phase gets over and like, you kind of get, you go through these phases of being nitpicky where you just like notice the the crap that they do. And you're just like, God, you leave your socks everywhere. What the fuck? And that kind of stuff. But then like if that relationship ends and you go through a breakup and you're sitting there heartbroken, all you can think about the only memories you have are everything that's good about that person or amazing about that person. So right. That's what that lyric just kind of like that little, whatever it is, five word phrase just made me think of. Yeah, oh, you're so right. And that's I think that's what I like about it, because usually you think your favorite lyrics are like these long, extended, interwoven, uh, in, like internal rhymes that tell a story and like, like, wow, how did he create this analogy? And it's just it's just the thing I wanted to say. And it just happened to make sense with the song uh, sculpture and like the oh, like the theme of it all. But you're so right, man. That is that is a thing like you. you the honeymoon phase fades away. It's like you nitpick the little things. But at the end of the day that you would you would die without that person and yeah. it, it would just be absolutely soul crushing and that's that's it, it it that's my favorite thing about songs man seriously is that like you write it with intent of something you hear or feel in your head and somebody else can take that and apply it to themselves in a specific manner and that's the coolest thing about this job by far i wrote a song a long time ago um about how uh when i would go away on tour I um I would miss the girl I was dating a lot, and I wanted to write a song about that. And somebody at a show is like, "Thank you so much for this song. My my husband is deployed, and this song is our song, and it helps us get through his deployment." I was like, "I would never think somebody in that situation would apply that song." And I just think that's so cool that that it, interpretation is beautiful. Can we um, do we know which song that was? Um, man, I think it was missing me. Um. No, not missing me, uh, dude. It's, it's kind of crazy. After five albums, I have to like look up my own freaking song. <laughs> <laughs> I know what album it was off of. Um, it was called Maybe Missing You. It's been a long night, and this surface sucks, and my message can't be sent. All I know I need is you, even if it's just for today. Some way you will see. A ladder leads me back to you. Ah, <laughs> okay. It's kind of funny. We had a demo called "Missing Me" that uh, that didn't make the album, but that's why my brain went there. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Oh, but the second uh, answer to yep, favorite lyrics I've written. 
um, I have to go to a song so far. This sucks to say, but like off of Midnight, because I just am so damn proud of this. It's called uh, Different Songs. Another song that wasn't a single. I could give the record I spun when I was young. Spoke to my heart and fit just like a glove. But now that it's played out, the needle is worn. Didn't think that I could give up. What changed? What changed? It's more than just our age or how the music tastes. I'm asking. What changed? What changed? Cause now we're singing But it means so much to me because I had this uh, long-term relationship that I was in. And... I, it's my first time ever experiencing this and hopefully the last where <laughs> you're with somebody for so long and, you, and you're in love in the honeymoon phase. But then after the honeymoon phase fades, so does your actual love for each other. And because it just you start to realize, was it just the the spark initially? Was there any foundation there? Do we really have a lot in common? Do, mm -hmm. or do we have enough to get through the arguments and really fight to make this better sort of thing? Are we capable of of compromising and reconciling and making things the be as best as they can be? And um, that song is basically comparing that situation to like a song you've heard a thousand times, um, like a song you first hear and you're like, oh, my God, this is my favorite song ever. And then you don't even realize it. But then like, you know, three or four years go by, you hear it again. You're like, oh, my God, I used to love this song. But what happened? It just faded away into the background. Yeah, or, yeah. or like the first analogy is like a brand new guitar and you're getting it in tune. And, and then eventually that that the instrument wears down over time. And. I, I just really had, it was like one of those days when writing, because sometimes you're really on it. Sometimes you're just like struggling to find what's going on. That was one of the times uh, uh, I was able to like not use my phone. It just started coming out. And I'm really proud of that song for that. But yeah. Good. I wish I could talk about more songs on this album, but we haven't announced anything yet. So <laughs> yeah, I know it, it, it did yeah. make it tough for me to like write a yeah. current outline. But I also like to like, especially when it's something that's newer to me, is I like to try and go back and like, you know, kind of talk about a little bit further back in the catalog. Oh, dude, so me too. I appreciate you spanning the uh, the years with me. Um, but I, the last question just kind of involves the tour because I imagine you guys have been sitting stagnant here for oh, a while. Yes. Just, um, you know, talk to me, talk to the people that we have hopefully coming. Like, how excited are you guys? I, I Words cannot describe. Actually, right before we started this podcast, I just got off of a production phone call about like what we want to do on stage and uh, what kind of effects do we want to see if we can pull off for this, uh, this new era. And... That, this, this is my favorite thing to do. Like, I, I love writing. I love doing music videos. I love all that. Performing is my, what I feel like, if you had to like put that whole, what was I born to do? I feel like performing is it. I love that interaction with the crowd. I love brainstorming ideas. Hell, when I write songs, like we were writing Skeleton, I'll be in the studio and I'm jumping to this song. I'm like, okay, cool. This is jump tempo. The crowd can jump to this. So this yeah. will be exciting. <laughs> like I'm thinking about the song Skeleton and how it starts with just the vocals. And I'm imagining hearing them sing that or, or uh, like, there's just so many, I'm, I can't, ah, I just can't wait. Love um, I love the lineup so much. Danny Lanick from Australia, who is just incredible. Just a laundry list of bangers uh, of, of songs that they've written. Um, good friends of ours, as it is, who we've toured with before, who are incredible. They have a ton of new songs that, that everyone needs to check out. This newer artist I, I found, No Love for the Middle Child, who is just an immense talent. I actually did a song with him called Older, um, that I featured on. So it, the lineup's great. It's our, our biggest tour yet. Um, all right, Cody Carson, I appreciate it. The um, skeleton is out. Go stream it. Go check out this awesome video. And um, I just appreciate you, man. I'm hoping that uh, I think it's February 8th, if I remember, that you guys might be coming through. I hope to be at your guys' show. Yeah, I'd love that, man. And thank you for having me on. This has been a blast.
Thank you so much to Cody and the whole band Set It Off. That is such good music. I am so damn happy to have discovered it. And guys, go check out that video on YouTube for Skeleton. You will not be disappointed. It is pretty freaking rad. As always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Have a great day. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.